You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. They offer just about every battery under the sun, from car and truck batteries to batteries for your trail cameras and rangefinders. Select retail locations even offer cell phone repair and cracked screen repair. Find a local retail location at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. And today we're talking trail cameras. So Jeff and I talk about some of the, the strategies we use for trail cameras, what we use them for, how we use them, things like that. So, you know, trail cameras have, I'm sure, uh, have become a integral part of, uh, uh, you know, of people's hunting strategy and, and just part of enjoying the outdoors. And so we talk through some things that we do with them that uh, might be different, might be the same as, as what you guys are using them for, but uh, just some ideas on, on trail camera usage and and how to get the most out of them. Before we get into that, though, I want to talk about our sponsor, Monster Whitetail Grub. Monster Whitetail Grub is a deer feed company, and they make a really great deer feed. So they've got their signature Monster Whitetail Grub feed, which is a it's a high-protein feed. It's got mineral mixed in. You can get all kinds of different additives added into it. They've got flavored corn, which takes just your standard corn. Everybody knows deer like corn and kicks it up a notch turns it into a long range attractant so they've got those two big options and then just your straight loose mineral so anything you anything you need they've got it check them out monster whitetail grub go to ohiohuntsman.com sponsors there you'll find a link to get in touch with them there may be a retail location near you where where they carry it i know they've been getting in more and more retail stores so Check that out. Otherwise, you can order direct from them. So with that, let's get into our conversation. Welcome to the Ohio Huntsman Podcast, where three brothers, Jason, Jacob, and Jeff, discuss all things hunting in Ohio. Our goal is to be your source for accurate and reliable hunting news and conservation issues in the great state of Ohio, as well as some fun and interesting conversations along the way. This is the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. Are you listening? All right, so trail cameras. Everybody's, uh, well, I don't know about everybody's, but uh, it seems like, you know, maybe the Internet's favorite hunting gadget. Uh, I know I enjoy looking at pictures, seeing what's out there. It's a, you know, it's a fun way to kind of, interact with the outdoors deer hunting other critters when hunting season's not in i know you know dad's already been uh he's got his camera out and been sending us pictures of deer and bucks and velvet and fawns and i actually don't have any cameras out at the moment but uh we thought we'd talk cameras today jeff do you have any cameras out right now no, I was about to say the same thing. Is oddly, you know, usually I run cameras 
throughout the whole year, basically. Okay. Um, and I took all my cameras, you know, out of the woods. Uh, oh, I don't know when that was. Early summer. Uh, we got a lot of flooding. Mm. And I had cameras basically they i don't think they would have gotten damaged by the flooding but i wouldn't have been able to access them because of the flooding gotcha. you know there, there would have been a foot of water there and a raging river between me and them so i went <laughs> and grabbed them and haven't put them back out i need to get them put back out because I don't know. Apparently, there's rumors of a bear in my area. Oh, really? Yeah, some guy who lives right down the road, less than a mile, posted to our community page that he's he saw a bear, and um, I don't know. I find it hard to believe, but probably should have some trail cameras out if there if there is a bear around i definitely would like to to catch a picture of it yeah yeah i I was thinking the same thing i need to get some cameras out i don't you know at home i've run cameras at home before but it you know it never really amounts to much you know i've only got two and a half acres most of which is yard uh you know it butts up to farm field which i now have permission to hunt so i was gonna put some cameras up back there there again it's mostly field it's it's uh he's got it planted in beans again this year he's planted it in beans beans and or winter wheat every year since we've lived here but uh there's you know there's another field next to this field, so there's a little tree row, but it's, you know, it's not like an overgrown, you know, you can easily see from one field to the next, you know, it's not like a big, thick, 50-yard wide tree row or, or you know, it's just a more or less a line between the two fields. Uh, the other side does butt up to woods, uh, you know, a uh, private property over there i hear a uh like on a i would say five to six days a week i hear dirt bikes atvs running over there they run i'm sure they've got some kind of track or something built over there and so it's common to hear that so i don't know how much you know activity from that direction of the field i would see but there is back in the corner there's a there's a pond and and uh a little block of woods there where it's too wet you know kind of where the water feeds into this pond and it's too wet to to plant so i was thinking about putting a camera back there maybe in the corner of this field where it you know there's kind of a couple fields there that come together just to see what uh see what's around and i don't jake's not on the episode today he's actually on vacation but i don't think he's got cameras out at the moment either they're they're doing construction on it you know they've started his new house so they're doing construction over there 
or at least I think last <laughs> last update I heard they were supposed to have started over there. So uh, yeah, well, I think Jacob also had a problem with like every trail camera that he owns just all happened to break at the same time. Yeah. So he, I think he's pretty limited on his trail camera stock. I think also he was telling me that he he's got a trail camera somewhere in the woods. He just doesn't know where because it <laughs> disappeared. <laughs> you know, he thought that he had all of his trail cameras in and then realized that he was missing one. So now he thinks he has one in the woods somewhere. He just doesn't know where. Oh, so he's not he's not even sure if it's on his property. It might be like down south. Yeah, it or... might might be yeah, down down south or at our grandparents. He doesn't know. Gotcha. So he's got one that's got some mystery photos on it somewhere. Yeah. Which that's always fun. I thought I had one like that, but then I ended up finding it in my house. Oh, okay. You know, it was one of those things where I uh, well, what I'm pretty sure what happened was I, when that flood was coming, I was worried about going out and snagging it up. So I snagged it up and then I didn't put it away. And I just, you know, threw it somewhere. And then, you know, months later, I opened that drawer and it's like, oh, hey, here's my trail camera I was missing. Gotcha. Yeah, I. <clears throat> Do you do anything special, like, do you take any kind of special precautions with trail cameras to keep them in working order, or do you just put them out and use them? Uh, mostly just put them out and use them. I mean, I, I try not to use my trail cameras if it, in, like, midsummer, at least not a lot, because the heat and bugs get to them. Okay. Um, you know, because I don't know what it is about trail cameras, but ants love trail cameras. Huh. And if you have them out, you know, midsummer, the the ants get into them and sometimes, you know, destroy them. You know, they get in there and build nests or whatever, and you know, it shorts them out. Yeah. And then I try not to use my trail cameras a ton in the really cold months. I mean, if it's still deer season, you know, it's January or it's still that first week of February, you know, I will still run them. Yeah. But usually after deer season, I get them out of the woods so that they're not sitting out in the extreme cold and ice so typically avoid the extreme heat and the extreme cold yeah that's about the same i i do the other thing i heard this was years ago now you know it's just one of those like snippets from something whether it was a youtube video podcast something i don't know but i think it was one of the the drurys said that they had talked to because I think they use Reconyx cameras they had talked to somebody at Reconyx on like you know what's the best tip to make cameras last 
and mm-hmm. they had said, you know, whoever the engineer there or whatever had told them that you got to be careful about like impact. You can't bang them around. And so uh-huh. I, you know, like I said, that's just one of those things that true or not, I, you know, that, that, like I said, that was years ago, but since then I've been more careful, I guess, you know, I don't throw them in the back of the truck and let them rattle around back there. I don't, you know, uh-huh. I'm pretty, I don't know, ginger, uh, you know, with my, yeah. with my cameras, as far as like, you know, putting them on a tree, I don't, you know, throw the strap around there and yank that thing tight and have it bang into the tree. And, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of, I just try to be gentle with them, I guess. Yeah. Cause yeah, I, I don't usually, I mean, I kind of beat my cameras up and I probably shouldn't, but now that you, you mention it, it's like, yeah, I know. I, you know, I beat mine up pretty, pretty well. Yeah. You know, throw it around a tree, kind of let it, I mean, I'm not smashing it, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not treating it like another, you know, any other electronic I have, you know, my, my phone, or if I had a digital, an actual digital camera, I definitely wouldn't treat it like I treat my trail cameras. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That, that could be a good piece of advice, you know. Yeah, but I've I mean, also I've never had much issue with uh, my cameras breaking because because of what I think is damage like that. You know, it could yeah. be that's what's causing the break. But well, I, yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I've I've never, you know, this is very anecdotal, but my experience, like I still have the first camera I ever bought and it still works and I still use it now I don't use like I don't use my cameras near as much as Jacob does I mean there's some years you know I've got I don't know what four cameras here or something and there's some years where I only use one or two and the other the other one or two don't get used at all you know so that kind of gives you a little level of like usage um but avoiding the hot and cold and not banging them around, I, you know, I, you know, knock on wood, <laughs> have yet to lose a camera. So, but whether yeah. that's something I'm doing or just the lack of, you know, the, the not using them as much as, as other people, I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, my, my first trail camera was like an actual flash bulb camera. Oh yeah. I don't have one that old. Right. It's still functional, but I don't use it. I mean, it's basically a piece of garbage. Yeah. Um, and then trying onto it, it'll be a collector's item someday. Yeah. Uh, cause my my thing is I got a lot of trail cameras that only I know how to use. You know, they're finicky. Like, they're basically broken, but I can get them to work. Oh, right. Okay. So, yeah. So, with, with you know, we both talked about, 
needing to get trail or wanting to get trail cameras out here soon. What are you this time of year? We're in August now. Uh, what, what, if any Intel are you trying to gain from that information or, or I guess what's your strategy or what's your reasoning for putting cameras out this time of year? I mean, this time of year, I'm more just trying to, to see what trails the deer are using. Mm-hmm. I mean, trying to get set up for, you know, the, that early season hunting, you know, because the a lot of times the bucks that are around now, basically, if if you're not catching them within the first week of season they're changing their pattern and you'll never see them again really you know you gotta so you know if i if i find a trail that a a good buck's using um great but really i'm just trying to, to see like what trails are the deer using you know how are they accessing the fields or whatever the food sources the bedding areas you know how are they accessing it and what generally is their pattern you know are they using this trail in the morning are they using this trail in the evening gotcha yeah i uh, for me you know honestly this time of year I feel like especially if you're hunting over crops or close to crops, a lot of that intel changes pretty dramatically once either the crops come out or the beans start to yellow. And so, you know, for me, a lot of this intel is maybe maybe some intel on like what's in the area but i i think a lot of it for me if i'm if i'm really being honest with myself is more just entertainment purposes you know it just gets me fired up for <laughs> for deer season and i just like looking at the pictures and seeing seeing what's around i don't have any you know i don't have any i guess maybe down at the cabin if if we really wanted to uh, what I was going to say is I don't have any properties that are big enough per se that, you know, a deer that I get on a summer range is likely to still be where I can hunt them on a fall winter range. But, uh, I still just like getting the camera out and, you know, seeing what's, seeing what's out there. Yeah. Usually, I get the the big bucks that come around my property are around early. You know, if if you catch them the first couple, you know, the first week, I would say, of bow season, they might still be around. And then they tend to come back in winter. Um, okay. When it gets really cold, they come back. 
Um, and I don't necessarily know why that is, you know, why they summer range here and then come back in the extremely cold weather. Yeah. Um, and it could just be a food thing. You know, they have plenty of food now. They go to a fall range, you know, and then when that area kind of runs out of food, they come back and, you know, basically wherever there's food, they're kind of coming back to. So if, if I have corn out, they're fine with stopping by. Right. You know, but by that time, they're they're usually pretty smart. They are on really weird patterns. You know, they'll come by at, I don't know, 1030 in the morning or, you know, I don't know, 230 in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Just times where uh, basically they're the only deer walking through the woods. Gotcha. You know, like... Uh, if you're not hunting them specifically, you're not seeing any deer. (laughs) So, you know, you talking about times, it it just reminded me of, of dad and never, never really knowing when the picture was taken because he never takes the time to set his time and date Uh on his, (laughs) on his camera. He just, and I think we've talked about this before, but like, he doesn't care. He goes out there, checks his camera, you know, sometimes once a day, right? Yeah. A lot of times now when, when it gets closer to season, he's checking it like every day and uh, he's so silly because he'll check his camera like. I don't know, pretty much peak hunting time in the morning or in the afternoon, you know, and yeah. if, if the deer aren't on his trail camera, those deer don't exist. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know, it's like, nope, no deer on the trail camera. They don't exist. Yeah. And it's like, you realize that they could be walking like, you know, 10 feet that way and you'd have no clue. Yeah. You know, like deer could be coming and eating the corn you're putting out and still you wouldn't see him on this trail camera. Yep. Yeah. He, uh, he's just, it's just a, di- I think a difference between, you know, at home and having access to it and the cat, you know, cause he, at the cabin he doesn't, he's got not really got much, he did put a camera out last year, but, you know, for the most part, not real interested in running a camera at the cabin. He'll just go, you know, doesn't, I mean, he's hunted there forever, right? So he, he just sort of knows, but he'll just go right. pick a spot, you know, where his home, it's like, he's checking his camera every day. No pictures. Nah, not even going to bother. Yeah. <laughs> And that, I guess, uh, not to derail us too bad from our strategy, but that is another aspect of trail cameras that we've talked about is like, they're a great tool, but they can also, you know, they can also kind of take away from, I'll say maybe the, 
the mystery, you know, like prior to having cameras, you go, go out and hunt. And for all, you know, the biggest deer of your life is going to walk out or, you know, 10 minutes after you sit down, there's going to, here comes a deer or whatever, you know, but if you're, you know, let's say for example, down at the cabin, we don't get down there that often. You've had a camera out and you're like, all right, I'm going to go hunt up by, you know, that trail that I put the, you know, the camera on and you get there and you pull the card and you, you know, you sit down to hunt, you start looking through the pictures and it's like, and there hasn't been a deer on this camera in the past week. Why am I wasting my time? Which, like, to your point, you know, maybe it's a waste of time. Maybe it's not. Maybe they've just been walking a slightly different trail. Right. But you sit there now, like, kind of ticked off. Maybe maybe not ticked off, but, like, frustrated. Like, oh, what do I do? Should I sit here? I thought this was a good spot, but I'm not getting pictures. Should I, you know, like... Should I go stomping through the woods and try to find a different spot? You know, whereas without the knowledge or without those pictures, you just sat there excited, anticipating a deer to step out, you know? Right. If you're looking for some new shirts or sweatshirts for the fall, go to ohiohuntsman.com apparel and browse around and see what we have to offer. We're going to be spending... A fair bit of time here over the next couple weeks adding designs to our our shirt inventory so hopefully there's something cool in there that uh that piques your interest we're gonna try and do ohio specific designs so check it out again ohiohuntsman.com apparel and see what we have we're gonna have men's sizes women's sizes lots of stuff to choose from so check that out and uh if you have any ideas for a shirt that you'd like to see, shoot us a message. We'd be we'd be happy to try and put something together for you. If you're looking for deer scent for the fall, check out MastinsDeerSense.com. Mastins is a deer scent company. They're also a predator scent company, and they've got everything you need for scent. Whether it's something that you want to use for hunting or for getting deer in front of your trail cameras or for setting up your mock scrapes, they've got what you need. So check them out, mastinsdeersense.com. Browse around, check their prices out, which which are always very good, very competitive prices, and it's a, it's a really high-quality scent product. So again, mastinsdeersense.com. I guess the things I have to say about that is I've had my camera fool me more times than it's actually given me you know the accurate information like oh hey i have deer coming you know like right at five o'clock every night so i just need to be out to my tree stand by five and then they'll come Mm -hmm. you know i've i've had more surprise deer show up than what the trail camera actually tells me right you know more times than not i've you know, it's like, oh, the, you know, uh, the deer don't come till five and I go out to my tree stand at three and at 315 I have, you know, a deer walking by. Or, 
you know, it's like, oh, I don't have any bucks on this camera. I'm just going to go out and hunt does because does are using this trail every day. And then a buck walks past and it's like, how, you know, yeah. but the buck, the buck walks like up to the tree. I have the camera on and then veers off around it. Right. Yeah. You know, cause that's one thing I haven't mastered is the smart deer. No, like they get caught on your, your camera once or twice. And then they they know it's there and they are cautious. You know, they might not avoid it, but they they know that that thing is odd and, you know, they don't really like it. So what do you what do you think that is? Do you think that has to do with. Like the flash, do you think it has to do with the human scent associated with the camera i i mean definitely the scent the human scent associated with it because that's one thing i i struggle to avoid is when i put out a new trail camera you know if you put out a new trail camera and you have deer walking up to it and sniffing it like putting their nose right up to it you did something wrong and I, I struggle to avoid that. I, you know, I can try to make that camera as scent free as possible. And I still get deer, you know, walking up to it and sniffing it. Yeah. You know, what's this new thing? So, yeah, that's a good point. Cause I, I, you know, I've of course gotten the pictures of the, you know, the deer with their nose up to the camera you know, it's, I don't have any of the, like the blackout flash, you know, the total IR or whatever, like the blackout flash. I don't have any cameras like that. I have the, like the red bulb flash. And I don't know what the technical names of that are, but I've got the, you know, the flash that we see as red and, uh, you know, I certainly get pictures of deer looking at the camera. You know, I, you know, I don't know what they're seeing. But there's also typically like an audible click right. a lot of times with a trail camera. So it could be the flash, could be the click. Who knows? But, I, you know, I certainly have pictures of deer looking at it. I, I have never done anything to mitigate scent on a on a trail camera just because i mean to your point jeff i don't know that there's anything you can do unless you know i don't know you kept your cameras in a plastic bag and always wore rubber gloves and you know i don't know just feels like you're gonna the minute you touch them, I don't think any of the scent killer sprays are, you know, do enough to fool a deer's nose. Yeah. In my opinion. I mean, I think the best thing you can do to mitigate scent, if you will, is uh, 
put it on a tree and leave it alone. Yeah. You know, leave it alone. And when you do touch it, it's like pop it open, switch out the SD card and shut it back up. You know, don't don't mess with it. Yeah. You know, don't don't try to change your angle a little bit or. You know, tinker. Which uh, with all these cameras that have the the built-in screen where you can review pictures, it's it's hard to not start thumbing through pictures, you know. Right. Uh, yeah, to your yeah. point. <laughs> keeping yeah. scent down is uh, if your if your goal is to keep scent down, yeah, fiddling with yeah. it as little as possible is probably a good probably a good tip. Yeah, and I've also, I mean, I've had my trail camera 100% spooked deer before. You know, in, in what regard? Like, they get to it and it does something, whether it's the infrared turning on or it's that audible click. And, you know, they hear that and run. You know, usually they only run you know 10 yards or something but they they run and then stop and it's like what was that right i mean with the old flash one because i i had been out hunting before when that old flash one would go off and i mean that thing would terrify the you know the deer would (laughs) they'd run off because it would you know it's a flash bulb it flash and then it like had a re like that flash needed to recharge or whatever oh so like there was like a i I don't even know how to describe it like a like uh, a high-pitched whine kind of thing yeah yeah Yeah. if you ever had a disposable camera that you had to charge which i mean that's probably even aging myself there but yeah disposable camera that you had to charge a flash on where it's like that high pitch yeah, you know, wind up. Yep. But uh, I don't know. That thing was. I don't know. Good at but, scaring deer. Yeah, it was good at scaring deer. Um, but you know, back in those days, that was pretty high tech. You know, I could put a trail camera out. I can get pictures of deer and. You know, yeah, it was a a good experiment, I guess. So I guess to to get back kind of to our strategy and, and, you know, ways we use cameras, do you, you know, you said you have more than one or you've had instances where the camera has given given you. I don't know that bad intel, but like, you know, it's kind of messed you up more than it's helped you. Uh huh. Do you. So because of that, I guess, do you use your camera for like, yep, I should be hunting this day or no, you know, like, are you using it for that kind of information in season? Yes. Um, but I just don't rely on it too much. 
you know, I try not to rely on it too much. Right. Because it's, I mean, uh, you're going to catch deer on the camera, but I guess my, my thing is like, if it's rut and I'm getting a bunch of pictures of does, but not bucks, like I'm still going to hunt there. Because a lot of times the bucks are, you know, either they're chasing the does. So the does walk past and in the delay, then the buck's coming through. Yeah, and you're just missing them. Right. Or the buck is running a different trail that, you know, they're kind of cutting their own path. They're not on the main uh deer trail yeah you know they're walking their own path um what i started doing last year um that i'm gonna experiment more with is i started putting uh my trail cameras like up in trees and have them shoot down towards the ground okay um, which, I mean, you don't get good photo, you know, you're not going to really be able to judge a buck off of it or anything, but, and it also really limits like your, your field of view, like where it's actually looking at, but right, okay. you can basically take pictures of deer more or less undetected. You know, okay. like they're they're not ever looking up at the camera, you know. So if you have one trail that you're trying not to disturb, but you want a trail camera on. Now, how are you getting them up there? Are you just putting them up at, at the top of your arm's reach or are you using something to get up the tree some? So what I what I did last year is I had a tree come down that basically blocked off all the deer movement like because so there's a creek a tree came down right next to the creek which pushed the deer out further and then it was right where my tree stand was okay so like basically deer were using a they were forced to use a trail that was i don't know probably 15 yards from my tree stand like you know there's a basically like a 15 yard gap between the crown of this down tree and my tree stand you know so they're cutting right at the edge of that down tree so what i did was climb my tree stand and there was a branch that kind of overhung that area I put it down on that branch overlooking the ground. Gotcha. So the the deer would cross there and I'd catch a picture of them, you know, crossing through that opening. And it, you know, I had a lot less, well, I had none, no sign of the deer paying any attention to it. Okay. You know, they didn't seem to be at all disturbed by the the camera taking a picture from above. 
Gotcha. So. Yeah, I guess the reason I ask is, you know, if I if I think back and kind of look at my trail camera usage, and, and like I said, you know, uh, that caveat in the beginning of the the episode, I don't I don't use my cameras as heavily as some people do, but a lot of what I will do is kind of you, especially if it's a now it's different. You know, if you're if you're hunting public land and trying to get intel that way, but if it's a property that you you plan to hunt again, you know, you've got it's your own property or or it's a you know property that you know you're going to have permission on again next year. A lot of times, I use mine sort of retroactively and just kind of use them to get a sense of like. When is daytime buck movement peaking for the rut in this sort of micro ecosystem? You know, it's like, oh, wow, I got, you know, pretty consistently year after year, I get pictures of bucks on their feet during the day on, let's say, November 9th, you know, so like that November 7, 8, 9, 10, I should be hunting this property whereas you know another property in a different part of the state you know it might be more like 10 11 12 or you know a a slight shift in when i when i seem to be getting daytime pictures on that property right and also you know you can kind of i don't know i'll say get a sense of how movement shifts around a property throughout the season you know as as food sources change as hunting pressure ramps up and down you know it's like wow this camera went dead for not dead batteries dead but like i got no pictures for like two weeks uh, you know and then things pick back up with relatively consistent photos or you know I was getting buck pictures and then, you know, for whatever reason, this time of year, you know, and and based on the time of year, you can make some, some educated guesses on what's causing that, but you can kind of get a sense of this is a good time of year for this property. This is a slow time of year or, you know, things are shifting or, you know, I, I, I don't often use them for, for like in-season intel, if you will. Now, that's not to say if I have a camera out, I'm going to ignore it when I go in to hunt. A lot of times I'll use that opportunity to pull the camera and it, you know, it gives me something to do while I'm sitting in the stand. But I, I've sort of made it a, a conscious effort not to allow the the abundance of pictures or you know more likely the lack of pictures to try to def- deter me or sort of take the wind out of my sails for a hunt mm-hmm. there are some you know i can think of some instances where like if if you've got it on some sort of a uh, i'm thinking of a property that that like there's a funnel that kind of runs down the side of their property and 
you know, there's a spot there where you can hunt. But let's say I had a camera out there and I was planning to go to that spot to hunt. And I get there and I look at the pictures and there's not been any movement through there. Like they kind of have to go through there to be on this property where I can hunt. Uh, otherwise, they're, you know, there's it's it's so thick they can't get through the other area or they're going to go out through the open area that is not the property that I have permission to hunt. You know, if I, if I can kind of paint that picture, that would be an instance where it's like, yeah, okay, they're not coming through here that, you know, uh, I need to move to a different spot that I didn't plan on hunting because they're just not using this funnel. And if, if they right. are like, if they were coming through here, my camera would get a picture of them. If let me, let me rephrase that. If they were coming through here in an area where I can hunt them, shoot them, my camera would get a picture of them. I'm not getting pictures. So I need to either back out and go to a different part that I've already walked through or walk through this funnel and, you know, hunt on the other side of it. So there are instances like that, but a lot of times, I don't know, a lot of times in season, I, I just, I don't want to say ignore my cameras, but I, I, I don't use them for like day of the hunt intel typically. Yeah. Where I've found trail cameras are uh, especially ineffective is for gun hunting. Like the deer change their patterns basically as soon as gun season comes in. So any intel you got beforehand is usually now garbage. Okay, I see what you're saying, yeah. And also, like, I can see a pretty long way with a gun. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, yeah. the deer doesn't need to walk on this specific trail or that specific trail. Like, they just need to come in this zone, if you will. Right. So yeah, you can, you can, you can miss a lot on a trail camera when it comes to trying to gain intel about what, you know, if you're looking to gain intel on like where to sit, uh, right. on, you know, to set up for a, a gun hunt, right. To your point, right there, you can see and shoot a lot farther than a trail camera can see and shoot. Now what you could do, you know, as I'm thinking about that, a lot of it depends on your property. It's hard to give like blanket, advice on that but you, you know you could kind of say you know assuming jeff to your other point about like things change as soon as gun season opens up but you know if you had a property that you know it was big enough you can control the pressure on that property things maybe shift a little bit but not super dramatically you know you could kind of say like, yeah, they've been using this field or they're, I, I get pictures of deer coming into this hollow or, you know, pictures of deer coming onto this oak flat. I don't need to sit by my camera. I just need to be somewhere where I can shoot this oak flat or shoot 
this field right. or this end of this field sort of thing. Like I said, it, it's it's very situation specific. But you, you, you I could I can imagine a scenario where you could gain some. Uh, you know, some effective intel for something like that. Yeah, I'm not necessarily saying that they're completely ineffective for gun season, just that they, uh, I don't know. It's, they're they're a lot less useful during gun season, yeah. it seems. Yeah. They're, they're, they're a lot better at catching trespassers than they are catching, you know, valuable deer intel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you use your cameras for shed hunting at all? Uh, sort of. I mean, just for evidence of the fact that the deer, at least in my area, hold their antlers, like, way longer than it seems in other areas of the state. You know, so yeah, I mean, like, you've gotten pictures of deer way late. Yeah, yeah, regularly. Yeah. Get deer, you know, late. Uh, April. Yeah. You know. Um, and so that's probably about the extent of that. I I do pretty regularly use my trail cameras for turkey hunting. Okay. I, you know, I set them up in areas where I think turkey might be, um, areas with turkey sign, and see what's there. See how it's shaping out. And sometimes... I mean, I, I think the intel you get on from trail cameras, turkey hunting is way more valuable than deer. I mean, if you catch a turkey on a, a tom on like this is his pattern. There's very little that will throw him off that pattern. You know, if he's coming off the roost and he's walking this trail to this field that he's going to strut in, like, you know, you have it. He's going to do the same thing tomorrow. And you just set up on that trail and, you know, it's practically shooting fish in a barrel. So in those instances, do you even do any calling or do you, you just basically hunt them like you would deer hunt? You just ambush. Well, see, this is where I've, determined that I'm a really bad turkey caller because it seems like I mean even if well especially with a lot of calling sometimes I'll do a little bit of calling but it seems like me calling changes their pattern more and they don't do what they've typically done okay you know if I'm calling they think oh well I don't even need to go strut today I'm just going to stay you know, come off the roost and stay here. Or potentially my calls echoing make him think that the the hen's in a different area, so then he goes a different direction. You know, so I 
usually try if I know that that Tom's gonna come this way, I call very little. Okay. You know, it's just little clucks, like, you know, just a little bit of calling, just a more of a confidence call, if you will. Like, yeah, it sounds like there's turkeys over there. There's, you know, if there's, if there's turkeys over there, that means there's no predators. So, I'm gotcha. good to go. So, what about waterfowl? Have you used cameras for waterfowl at all yet? Um, unintentionally, yes. Um, I plan to to use them a little bit more this upcoming season. Um, but I had a situation where I was putting corn on like a a bank and uh it was like late late winter i was putting corn right on the bank well spring came and the you know basically i was catching a lot of ducks and geese on the camera instead of the deer anymore okay and it's like I had no idea that ducks and geese were even using this, you know, this area. Like, I had right. never seen them there. So it was valuable information in that way. Yeah, I, I was thinking, you know, I don't know. I don't know enough about waterfowl to know, like, what triggers the migration and, and things like that. And I, I know there's weather can you know really have them flying one day and not the next day or you know but i'm wondering if you could you know sort of like i was mentioning before almost retroactively get a sense of like these are good time you know good times of year to be hunting because you know regardless of me being there trying to call ducks or geese to this pond this whatever they're there on their own this time of year so you know that's when i should plan to to hunt if you will and maybe that you know maybe those days shift a day or two you know three four days depending on whether that time of year year to year but maybe there's something there I think they'd be a good tool for like uh, timber ponds, you know, like set them up on them and then you can kind of then determine like, okay, well, ducks actually use this one and they don't use that one. Right. You know, without having to actually go and basically try it, you know, go and try to hunt there and see what, what shows up gotcha you know you can put a a camera there and say oh well the ducks actually use this one you know they're coming in and landing in this pond where that other one they're they're not you know especially with ones that are a little bit of a hike to get to you know that's kind of all the easy areas to hunt on public land 
you know, get a lot of pressure. So if you're kind of trying to find a little honey hole on public land, you know, that you're hiking to, you know, it might be nice to set some trail cameras up on a couple different ponds and then you kind of can find out like, okay, this is the one that they use. The other ones aren't getting used right, or yeah. even like, oh, hey, someone else is hunting this one. Like, you know, I caught other hunters on camera or there's decoys in, in my, on my camera now. So maybe I'll avoid that one because someone else hunts that one. Yeah. All right. Anything else? I mean, we've covered strategy using cameras for turkeys and waterfowl and how to, you know, kind of camera, uh, camera maintenance. I don't know if that's the right word, but you know, not using them in the heat of the summer or the, the dead of the winter or yeah another strategy i'm going to use on uh public land here in the future um is using my cameras to inventory the amount of hunters that are going into an area and like when they went in okay you know just uh which i'm sure is gonna make some people angry and i probably will get my cameras messed with but you know we hunt a lot of public land where there's really only one way to get in yeah like this is the path that everyone uses to get there so my plan is to put cameras on those paths and then i can you know get out of the truck in the morning and look like you know go down for a weekend get out of the truck the morning of the day I want to hunt, pull that card and say, okay, yeah, no one's been up here for two, three weeks. Like I'm going to go hunt or, yeah. oh, hey, someone just hunted this yesterday. I'm not going to go up there. I'm going to go somewhere else. Yeah. So I have yeah. that strategy. I'll, we'll see how that, that goes, but I think it's a pretty good idea. Yeah, I mean, if you can if you can pull that off without getting your camera stolen, I think that's a a great yeah. use for trail cameras. You know, maybe that's a scenario where you get them up high. You know, you get a right. maybe you get a climbing stick or something, and you know, use one stick to get them up. You know, ten feet up in the air or something. Yeah. Or maybe but, I'll put them on the parking lot to you know the place where people park. So that I can inventory, you know, if there's a truck there or not. Because I don't think people will be paying too much attention there. Especially if I put it up, you know, like kind of up on the hill. I could angle it down and yeah. see what cars are parking there. Yeah. Probably catch people doing other nefarious activities, but. <laughs> yeah. You know, because seems like people like to do a lot of things in those pull-offs yeah but all right anything else you want to touch on i don't think so i think that's uh basically all of my knowledge of uh trail camera strategies and some some tips and tricks that i might try yeah 
All right. Well, I think that was a good conversation. And, uh, yeah, let us know if there's something that, uh, you know, you folks out there do or, you know, maybe some little tip that uh, that you use that's been successful for you with, with regards to trail cameras, you know, anything we talked about, how to keep them running, how to set them up so the deer don't notice them, you know, using them for things other than getting pictures of deer and turkeys, anything like that. So let us know. All right. That's it for this week. Hopefully there was some, something interesting in there, something helpful. And I think that's going to be it for this week. So as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for engaging and following us on social media. And with that, We'll shut it off and we'll talk to everybody next week. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.